Hi everyone and welcome to the Panama Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's really great to have you all here today uh, and I'm delighted to welcome a new guest to the show, um, Jamie Hansen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, me too. Um, yeah, I really am because uh, you do a lot of work around helping people through grief and process grief. And you've got quite a powerful story as well. So it's going to be really great to, to talk about this a bit more with you. Yeah. Uh, I do. And it's uh, it's a story, I think, any of us that, that take a journey of grief, um, it's not a story that we had planned on experiencing or walking through. Um, but we wanted, I guess, my, my desire when we were going through uh, the loss of our son was to put a voice on the grief and on what we were going through um, because I think so many people don't put a voice to it and and don't necessarily move through it. So mm. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I talked about grief a lot on the show before, you know, how unprocessed grief can be so damaging. And uh, I know a lot of the work you do is around helping people process their grief. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk about that. And you, you do a bit of, um, writing and, uh, speaking and things like that, don't you? Um, I, yes. And, and this, the speaking just started happening as we started, um, telling our story, I guess the, the more that we would talk about what, what we had gone through, uh, the more people wanted to hear. And so it just kind of organically grew out of that. Um, and so kind of matched obviously with our desire to put a voice on it. And so that's, it's just grown from, from that process. Yeah. So tell us, so just tell us, tell us your, your story. Um, it, it's, um, it's one of those that I often worry when I tell, when I tell people the story that how it's going to affect them. And so, um, but it, it's one that's so important to, to tell our son, uh, who was 16, 10 years ago, took his life. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of terminology, um, around the proper, there's a lot of people saying how to, how to make that statement. Um, Suicide mm. comes with a lot of stigma. Uh, it comes with a lot of reaction. Uh, it comes with a lot of turning away, and I don't really want to hear that word or really talk about it, you know. And so I always try to soften it, I guess. When I, for me, you know, when when I say that he took his life, seems like the softest way to say that. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm right in that theory. Um, but it seems when I'm when I'm talking with people, their reaction isn't as um, it's not as as caught off guard as using the word suicide. Uh, and so he my my son was was 16 and we had been struggling uh, trying to find him mental health help. And that was a, a world that we had no idea there were so many obstacles and loopholes and red tape and 
brick walls and everything that we encountered trying to find help was so frustrating. Um, and you know, the age he took his life at 16 and, and so we had been going through some things, um, you know, the teenage years. So we were, a lot of our questions were met with answers that he was just a teenage kid. You know, he was just teenage. It was just teenage stuff. And yet as parents, we knew that there was something, there was something else. And yet we didn't know what that something else was, right? We didn't understand. We didn't know what we didn't know. And we um, necessarily understand all the, all the right questions to ask or all the, we, all the directions that we needed to go. We were just trying to find help and hoping that in, in the mental health uh, world, we would find somebody that would be able to, um, to help us help him. And so he had, he had been away uh, at residential treatment facilities and uh, you know, the, the good and the bad of that, I I think um, unfortunately it was a world that he learned some other behaviors and then he was also because of insurance Insurance basically dictated and said that he was okay to come back home after about a year and a half um, because mm. we had, I guess, maxed out on our coverage. And that's um, the best way I can define that. But basically, they said he was okay to return. Um, so he came home and he turned 16 and he went back to school with his classmates and uh, friends and, you know, attended the school events, football games, and, and he went to his first homecoming dance. And, but we could still tell that there was something wrong. We could still just sense that, that he was still battling, um, darkness. Um, and so we were, we hadn't given up. We were still trying to find help. We were still trying to find you know, different places that would, um, hopefully help him and help our family. And, um, we just unfortunately ran out of time. Um, and he, he took his life at the high school and which made that obviously a very public, um, Mm -hmm. a very public Thing to do, which therefore our grief, not only as a family, was kind of brought out into the public, but we had a school district that was also grieving. We had a community that was also grieving. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of um, fear and a lot of pain and heartache. So, yeah. and and it, we just needed to. Um, we needed to walk through our own grief and, and at the same time we needed, I felt um, that we needed to walk alongside, oh my goodness, these, these students that should just not ever have to know that kind of pain and, and loss. Uh, I felt like it was important that we were there for them as well. And 
for our community. So it was, it was a, if it, it was an interesting kind of journey because I was, I had this huge feeling and heart for other people. And yet I was still like, I had just lost my son, you know, it was a, a very different kind of, um, yeah, very different kind of thing. And he, he, t- when he took his life at the high school, um, they ended up life lighting him to the hospital and he was in the hospital for, um, from like a Monday to really early Thursday morning. Um, and so we were at the hospital for that, you know, those days and just, I was ushering students back to his room so people could say goodbye. And, um, we just, I, it was so important that we allowed that time for them and maybe maybe helping them was helping me move through that i don't i don't know um but it was i just re- it was just a really really um hard time and that doesn't even <laughs> that's an understatement so uh, yeah. so yeah so that's kind of where that's where our story um with you know, our, our grief journey, that's where that begins. And, um, you know, we were a family of, of four that suddenly became a family of three and you just, um, trying to figure out what that, what that is supposed to look like. Um, and that next year trying to figure out how to, you know, get up out of bed and walk forward into the day every day was just a chore. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's, that's how I, that's how I got to where I am now, I guess. Um, because my biggest fear was getting stuck. Um, I did not want to get, I was terrified of getting stuck in the grief because it was so heavy and it was so dark that I, I wanted to make sure that I kept walking forward and I kept talking about it and I kept putting a voice to what we were going through. Um, and, and really just praying about what we were supposed to do with it. You know, how, we, how are we supposed to take something so tragic and, uh, and be, and be so broken and yet be able to point to God with it and, and, and give him glory in something that just didn't seem to be any kind of glory, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's heavy stuff. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. I know it's not easy to retell those stories. Uh, I mean, I know from experience, you know, losing my, lost my mother, when I was in my early twenties, and she was still in her early fifties, so uh, and that was twenty years ago, um, and so I know I know it's, it's it's hard to tell those stories even years later. Um, so thank you. Uh, Absolutely, um, I think it's important, even though it's hard. Um. And still, ten years later, you know, I still, I still tear up, uh, hmm. and especially this month, you know, because it happened in November, um, 
uh, there's just, you know, there's just that tenderness that seems to, um, find its way to the top and you, you, you realize, um, you know, you, you live your every days and you learn to, you learn to move forward and you learn to, um, you know, just keep living your life. And then you also realize very quickly, um, that it's just completely different. You know, you can look at photos even and just think, wow, you know, just 10 years ago, this is who we were. And, you know, we're, we're just, we're not that, we're not that family anymore. We've, we've become different. Um, and he's not, you know, he's not here and he's not been part of that growing. So. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, that's right. And you do, yeah, that's my experience too, that you still have moments where you, you tear up and, you know, you get emotional and grief kind of says hello again. Um, you know, grief, grief doesn't leave you. It just evolves and changes over time. Yes. Did you, did you ever find yourself, I mean, I guess before I went through this experience, um, I guess I thought, you know, you hear about the, the stages of grief, right? You hear about what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you hear people Mm. talk about how you'll repeat some or you'll go through them, you know, over and over. But I guess until you actually um, experience that and realize it, realize that it's a long term process rather than, you know, oh, in a year I'll experience these, you know, three different times and then I'll be I'll be fine. I'll be better. I'll be okay. And that's the reality. That's the voice I want to put on it. Like this is a, this is a long-term journey grief. Um, and that's yeah. why it's so important. I think to, to not only talk about it, but find ways to keep moving in it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. That, Yeah. And you're right. You can't, unless you've been through it, you you don't you can't quite understand it. It's it's uh, and I think that least losing a child and losing a parent are particular kinds of grief as well. And uh, and yeah, you can't really understand it unless you've experienced it. And of course, no one you wouldn't wish that experience on anyone. Um, and yeah, you're right. It does change. And I mean. I'm 20 years into this journey, um, and yeah, now it's become something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me now, it's it's almost like I have a connection to her, almost a relationship with her, and even talk to her and interact with her and listen to her sometimes. You know, not all the time, not on a regular basis, but it just but it happens, and yeah. so you. And you just have a sense of them being there, and uh, and that's that's a healthy way of, of grieving. Um, but it takes work to get there, and it takes time to get there. A hundred percent. And and just by you saying that, I love that you said that because I would not. I I don't know if I I know I wouldn't have believed. 
that you could have that kind of relationship with someone you've lost um, until we've actually been through that. And, and now there is, there's a, there is a different kind of relationship that I have with my son uh, through, through various different, um, various different things that kind of happen. Um, for instance, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, my husband and I, within the first year, uh, after losing our son, we went out to the, um, the West coast to Portland, Oregon, and attended a, a suicide conference, if that's the right word. People were there for suicide prevention and suicide awareness. And then, um, there was parts for suicide survivors. And my husband is very resource uh, driven. He he wants to, you know, find things that um, we can attend or we can read or we can participate in to help us move through these through these things. And so we we went to this conference, and we went out sightseeing um, one while we were there, and we were walking along the shore and. Um, there was the sandy beach area and then there was also this, this rocky area. So we were walking over the rocky area and my husband looked down and he saw this, this rock that was shaped like a heart and he picked it up and he said, he said, look at this, uh, you know, there's a heart shaped, I mean, a rock shaped like a, a heart. Isn't that, isn't that pretty cool? And then we both instantly, I mean, without words, we just kind of looked at each other and we looked at the rock and, you know, the words like this is a hug from heaven just kind of came out of my mouth. And since that time, I cannot tell you how many heart shaped um, things we have seen within nature. Um, And we just call them hugs from heaven. And, um, you know, I'll even talk and I'm just like, you know, thanks, sweet boy for the hug. And, um, so it's it's that kind of a of a relationship where I still, I mean, you as you understand, you, I, there's nothing I would like more than to be able to give my boy a hug, but I at least mm-hmm. feel like I have this some kind of connection um, and this sweet thing that he is allowing um, for us to to connect through, you know, and I will. Yeah. I'll demand like these little hugs. I'm like, I need a hug now, or I should be getting a hug now. And it never works out that way. It's always just kind of this, I don't know, this unexpected moment that I get, um, which is way better than the demanding and and receiving, you know? Yeah, that's right. It's, it, it really is amazing when you have those kind of experiences and, uh, I've talked on the podcast before. I had a I had a transcendent kind of a transcendent experience with my mother uh, in a church service, <laughs> um, a contemplative service. It was uh, with only a few people there, uh, and you know it's kind of quiet and reflective. And we were doing Teze chanting, and it's in French. And my mother was a French teacher and spoke fluent French, and I was getting the words wrong. And I was just found myself laughing. It was almost like we were laughing together. <laughs> uh, and then I, I had a tangible sense of her being there and us, and us laughing together. And it was almost like I was everything. All the other, the rest of the world just stopped, and I was, it was just us. Yes. And um, I didn't realize it until I got home. 
I went all the way home and I was almost in this kind of separated state from everything else. I didn't realise it until I started until I went home and journaled about it. And I, I've told this story on the show before. Um it's such a great story. Uh and yeah, it was a it was it was an, it was a really incredible moment. And that was when was that? That was about two years ago, I think, or at least eighteen months ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that was nineteen years since my mother had passed away. And to get to that point and uh yeah, it was it was really incredible, and you know we have little things that we remember her with. You know, like the, her favorite flower. Whenever we see whenever we see a, a poppy, we think of her. You know, those kind of things. Right. Um, it's another see her in my little niece because she's just something about her which is very similar. Um, yeah, so it's it's really interesting how grief happens like that. And I think. Um... That's one of the things when I talk, I really want people to, um, I really want people to understand when you're going through grief, I mean, it is so important to feel the feelings and to feel, you know, those emotions are so heavy. Um, But to be present in them and to be aware, I think allows you to probably experience moments just like what you were talking about. Um, if we're pushing our grief down and if we're ignoring it and if we're, you know, not giving it any attention, I think we miss out on some really special tender moments like you're talking about, um, you know, like the the hearts that, that my husband and I will see, um, you know, that now our, our youngest son, who's now our oldest, um, he gets to, to see these things as well. Um, but it's being aware. It's it's we you have to be in that in that place of, of willing to be vulnerable to feel. And if that means you're feeling bad, that's, that's, we have to be able to acknowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I keep saying that, um, in other places, I say all the time that grief can be the engine room of transformation and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and for individually and corporately and collectively, I think, um, yeah, it really can. Uh, so, so after your son uh, took his life, how did you then go through all the the kind of the, the the process of grieving, and and how did that kind of lead to the work that you do now? Um, I was, I was what I would just call just ugly, raw emotion for the first couple of years. Uh, so we, we right off the, right off the bat, I mean, just from the beginning, my husband found support groups for survivors and we went to, you know, we went to those and we found one that was a better fit. Not that the other one was, was bad by any means. Um, but we just, you know, you just felt good. And, and I think that's where we also have to be honest with ourselves. And, um, and so we attended support groups and then we also went to therapy and I learned through therapy, my husband and I went, we're going together, but we learned also that we needed to go separately for our own individual grief pass because, 
there was a part of me that really thought because we were married and because we lost our our son that we were going to kind of be doing and feeling the same way through this and learning that his grief journey was very different from mine. And then we had to figure out how to give grace and assume goodwill and trust that, you know, we were going to get through this. Um, that, you know, that was hard, but it was eye opening to learn that, that we, it was okay to do it on our, to do it separately and yet still do it together. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so, you know, just, I guess just going through, I kept asking, um, I kept asking God, like, what are we supposed to, what are we supposed to do? Like, how do we put a voice to this? How, because this is such a hard subject, a hard, hard topic, um, a hard, you know, a hard death to talk about. And it's become clear. It's not necessarily so much about suicide. And yes, that's incredibly important to me. Um, it's, it's just recovering and getting through that grief of losing, um, for us, a child, um, you know, others experience it losing a, a parent, um, or aunts and uncles. Um, I wish that no one had to join the suicide survivors club. I mean, it's a horrible, it's a horrible place to be. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that, that we, we just talked about it. And so through that, I, I really just did a lot of praying and I kept thinking that, you know, God was going to give me this answer first year and second year and third year. And, um, it's something that's just kind of grown over time because like I said, you know, as I've talked, people will say, you know, will you tell your story? Will you share that with, you know, this group or that group? And, and so it's, it's just evolved. Um, and then I, and then I had this moment, I can't, I, I guess I'll call it a God moment, but, um, like I just had this brain dump of, of information, all of these things that I had done that I didn't even realize were helping me in my grief process. Um, things like, things like journaling and, and writing, um, there would be moments that I couldn't put words down, but I could at least doodle, draw a picture. I am not artistic at all. Um, but it's not about being artistic. It's about, for me, it was about drawing my feelings when I couldn't put words to it. Um, there is so much healing and I didn't even realize it and just getting outside and walking and letting nature um, just kind of wrap around you like a, you know, I don't know, just kind of like a hug, but, uh, it just, it was very soothing and very calming. And it helped me think through some of the things that I was, um, that I was feeling some of the things that I was processing the unanswerable why questions that would continue to pop into my head. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I ended up designing workshops around these things that didn't, I didn't realize were, were things that would, were helping me. I didn't realize that the, they were moments that were helping me. And I think if we can give people tools, 
to help them that they can do um, on their on their own. Um, but sometimes people, you know, we just need we just need encouragement. We just need inspiration. Sometimes we just need, you know, a hand to pull us up out of a chair and say, let's, you know, let's go for a walk. Um, and so that's just where, Mm -hmm. where that came from. Um, I also incorporated what I call journey boards, which are very, very similar to, um, vision boards, or I don't know all the, there's so many terms for them. Um, mine are not fancy by any means. It's simply about getting together with a group of people who are hurting and going through the process of cutting out magazine um, words or pictures and just that process of cutting that out and gluing it onto paper, arranging it however you want, you know, and then, and then gluing it. There is a creative process in that that allows you to heal you identify um feelings that you may not have even realized that you were feeling you know just Mm. getting pictures and and words and then when you see that on the on the paper there is there can be aha moments there can be tears um there can be you know gentle smiles it can it can bring so many different emotions forward and then you can hold on to that and you can do another one on your own. You can do another one, you know, six months or a year later or five years later, and you can see growth in that. You can see change in that. Um, I did though, I did these with my, with, when I was young, I did them with um, my children and they've just, um, I don't know, they've just been kind of a powerful tool. So I thought, you know, Hey, let's, this would be a great workshop when people are together doing stuff like that. There's, there's healing in that too. So, um, yeah, so I just really kind of got those put together and, and then the pandemic hit. And so we're trying to figure out how all that works. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it's, it's been a long journey to, to get here. But I really feel like the timing, um, I, you know, to, to go through those things on my own and, and, um, I'm not an expert as far as, you know, academic or theology or anything like that. It's more just lived experience. And then I put it together and I learn from that type of person anyway. And so I'm just hoping to provide that for other people. Yeah. And that's a wonderful thing. It really is. We need more of that, and we need tools that are going to going to help us grieve and grieve in a healthy way. And I mean, I love all those things you talked about. I mean, journaling for me has been a really, really good way of processing grief. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's for me, for me, it's one of the healthiest things that anyone can do anyway. It's just as a regular practice because it really connects you to your inner self, to your deeper self, and it's and it allows you to get things out, which like you say, didn't you didn't even know we're there, uh, and any right. kind of creative thing, like those, those boards that you talked about as well, like it's, it's it's kind of almost a creative act, and you're connecting with what's inside of you, and that can really help you process your grief and and just you just improve your emotional health generally, uh, right. and so that's a really great thing. 
And the, the creativity options are endless. I mean, it's, it's anywhere from, you know, painting to baking to sewing to, to, I, I mean, you could just, there's so many things that people, um, that they probably don't even, they don't even put the definition of creativity, you know, on, on something that they're, um, that they do, um, and, and so identifying that, I mean, these workshops that, that I, that I designed and that I work through, um, through grief with other people, it's, that's, those are more what I'm, I don't know, bent to the writing and the, um, you know, getting out in, in, in the, into nature and walking. And I started taking pictures, which allowed me to really focus in on just you know, what, what was, what was around me. Um, Mm. and so, you know, it's not limited to just what I, what I do It's but it's getting people, um, really aware of what, um, of what they, they are, are probably already doing and may not even realize it or have wanted to do and may not even realize it. I have a, a good friend that, that wrote a book about creativity and she has all of these creative, processes that I, you just don't even realize um, that that can help us, you know, and you just have to find what works for you and be willing also, I think, to try other things. So um, I know writing can be, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't write. I'm not a good writer. It has nothing to do with that. It has, I mean, the, the in fact, my workshop is no rules writing because I don't, there's no need for, to worry about, you know, grammar or punctuation or any, it just, it's just no rules. It's just about getting your feelings out there and, and allowing yourself that freedom to put words to what's, put words on paper to what's going on in your head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're basically just, when you're writing, you're just kind of get it. If you allow yourself to, to go deep enough. And always don't think about it. Right. The words just come out from inside of you. You don't even have any say, in <laughs> which is an ironic thing to say about writing. But you don't choose what 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 you what what comes out. It just comes out. Right. And you know, I have times where I'm writing where I'm not even looking at what I'm writing. It's just coming out. I'm not even looking at the screen or or my journal which I'm writing in. Like I, 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 the the stuff just comes out. Yes, it just comes out. It goes from inside of me to my hand, and out onto the paper or the or the screen, and that's when you know you're really connecting to something that's really deep. Yes, and that's, that's the really healing, deep. right? That's the healing that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Right there. So, yeah, Ali, yeah, I have um, where I I provide. Um, just a, there's no rhyme or reason objects. Um, and so if you're kind of stuck and you don't know where to even start with writing, because if you've pushed down your grief or if you've ignored it for a while, it's kind of hard to get in touch with it a little bit. And so just providing little, um, writing prompt statements or just objects, um, recipe cards, um, you know, pliers, um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, you know, gum, gum packages, just random things. 
And you never know what triggers somebody uh, that they key in on and, and that allows them to start processing through feelings. So just different options to try and get people to, to be free and give themselves permission to feel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, giving yourself permission. I've had a grief counselor on the show talking about permission to grieve. Um, I love that phrase as well. Just give ourselves permission to, to go through this process. Right. And it's okay. It's okay to grieve. It's it's normal to grieve when right. you go through a big loss. Uh, and uh, it's something that we, in fact, I would say something, grief is something that we are all carrying, especially this year, 2020, yeah. something that we're all carrying. Uh, and grief from so many things, like, you know, people have lost jobs, people have lost loved ones, people have lost homes, people have, their whole way of life has changed, you know, to the whole the whole world has changed. Right. And, and we're all carrying so much grief, and we already were carrying grief before, but this year has been a kind of standout year. You know, it's it's gone deeper, and more than ever, we need to start processing our grief. Absolutely. And I think um, one of the things that, that worries me, especially about this year, um, a lo- I, I think there's so many people, unfortunately, that um, won't even identify the loss that they've gone through as something to, to grieve and therefore yeah. ignore the emotions that are going on inside because they're not really sure like what to do with this because um, you know, they deny themselves like, you know, they may not have lost a loved one. That is, you know, what everyone kind of talks about as a, as a grief process. Um, but there's so much, like you said, that everyone is, I mean, everyone seems to be touched in some form, um, of losing something this, this 2020, um, year of, of just crazy. So. Um, I say that because I say that because I, that's part of putting a voice to working through grief and letting people understand that, that they shouldn't be ashamed or it's not a sign of weakness. If you are experiencing a change, um, this year, if you're experiencing loss this year, um, the loss of just kind of like a normal schedule is, is tremendous um and weighing on so many people so i think we just have to keep talking about it yeah we do yeah absolutely i could not agree more (laughs) um so just to kind of you know um, this has been a really great conversation where are you in your grief journey now um that's a really good question. Um, there are some days I'm, I think, you know, wow, I'm, I'm like really far along here. And then there are days that, you know, some, some days I will see one of my, um, one of my son's classmates who's now, you know, they're 26, 27, getting married, having children. And those moments will really catch me. Like, and just kind of catch me hard. Um, if I'm, if I'm prepared for seeing one of them, 
one of his classmates, then I'm fine. But if I see them um, unexpectedly, uh, I get, I just really, it takes me back. And so I just, I don't know, I just kind of give myself room to, to feel because his stages of life that he's missing out on, I'm able to see other people still experiencing. And that's really hard. Um, and it, it takes me back to just the moment of losing him at such a young age and how much he missed out on. And so I have to start processing through, through that grief again. Um, you know, we, we also, um, we, we also adopted children after, and that's a whole nother story. Um, but helping them through their grief, um, through their loss, Mm -hmm. Um, is also part of, um, you know, I think, I, I think we help each other, um, our, our children and, and, and us as we kind of figure out and, and learn to be okay with talking about what we're, what we, what we're losing or what we've lost and, and making it okay to be, um, be verbal about it and put, put words to it. And so I guess that's where, that's where I'm at, at, at this point in time is just wanting to make sure that I honor that desire, which was to, to keep talking about it and on the bad days, be honest about it and, and figure out how to, um, you know, write through it or walk through it, um, or, or whatever it is I need to do, but whatever it is to, to just keep moving forward, um, and, and so that's where I'm, that's where I'm at 10 years down the road. Um, and hopefully just continuing that process each year. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's just an ongoing journey every year, you know, and you have good days and bad days. That's, that's the journey of grief. Um, the journey of life really, (laughs) um, you know, you have good days and bad days. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for sharing uh, your story, and it's been so great to have you on the show. I'm thankful that you um, gave me this opportunity. It's good talking with you, and I'm glad to connect this way. Yeah, absolutely. And where can people connect with you and, and your work? Uh, my website, um, which is jelizabethhanson.com. Uh, and on that, um, there are, you know, my, my Twitter and my Facebook and my Instagram, um, links as well as my email address. So that's probably the, the easiest place to the one click spot you could go. Fantastic. Fantastic. That is great. Um, and thank you so much, Jamie. That's, it's been, it's so good to talk about this subject uh, anytime um, and share experiences and I hope um, people listening can uh, be helped by this as well because we're all carrying a lot of grief right now so um, thank you so much Jamie absolutely thank you for having me yeah you're welcome and uh, thanks everyone for listening